what do they call it? They call it uh, Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. What's going on, guys? Royale with cheese here, episode number 25. And uh, today we're going to go a little bit back to 1917, but also update you on The Gentleman and our third movie of the week, which is Color Out of Space. Yeah, this is our first week with all 2019 movies uh, this year. Nope, gentlemen. Gentlemen, it's 2019. Oh, I swear to God, it was 2020. doesn't matter. Yeah, they were, I guess, all previously released. I know Color Out of Space had, uh, was at TIFF, and um, 1917 was showed limited release back in December, I believe. Uh, but yeah, they're so, I'm still counting them as 2020 movies, though, um, yeah, and this is going to be an interesting segment because I know 1917 is blowing up, but um, I feel like I haven't heard a lot on The Gentleman. And then Color Out of Space, I mean, a lot of people were hitting on, and then you'll see our opinion on it. Yeah, so uh, basically we'll start with 1917. 1917 is uh, directed by Sam Mendes. It's uh, a World War One thriller, obviously taking place in 1917. Two guys get together. They're sent on a special mission to retru- tell the captain of one of the brothers the captain, yeah, the captain of one of the brothers, that their mission is going to be fail because they're about to charge into a German trap. So they have to get there as quick as possible without anyone catching them to relay this message. It's all shot kind of in one yeah. shot. There's obviously multiple shots, but that's kind of like the gimmick of it. That's that it all looks thing. like one shot. Yeah, so I know this is a big up for the Oscars this year like everyone's saying oh this is probably gonna win the oscars and i think it's just because of that aspect of the one shot i think that's propelling it i think this is a world. very oscar bait movie i mean like you can look at movies that have won in the past i mean i think this and this movie feels a lot like ford v ferrari to me yes in I the sense of like it's well done very like technically well done and stuff but it's not like anything that's like super great or groundbreaking, oh, I mean, in my yeah. opinion because, I mean, we've already had one-shot movie, one-take movies, you know. And, uh, I mean, there's some parts of this movie that I think it really works at. But overall, I think it's just kind of a gimmick. I mean, it's good, but I don't think it's groundbreaking and necessarily deserves best picture by any means. But, like I said, it's kind of like that under falls under that Ford v. Ferrari aspect where it has a good shot at winning it just because it's, like, just nothing too crazy controversial old people like it it's gonna win the oscar yeah, probably I mean, is what i would say i definitely say in the beginning when they're doing a trench shot it's kind of cool like they're swerving in just to kind of make it that's the only way they could do the one shot aspect in the scene but it kind of made me want to vomit honestly yeah no no i uh i think it that's the, i think that's where it works best is at when it's in the trenches because the one shot obviously constrains the storyline to only like I don't know, like, as the length of the movie. Like, if it's a one-shot, the movie can only be basically two hours long. So the situation can only take place in about two hours or whatever. But obviously in this movie, they uh, change things up a little bit, and they have, like, they cut some shots. Like, he, kind of a spoiler, he gets, like, knocked out, so the screen goes blank until he wakes up, and that obviously progresses time, I don't know, at least a couple hours or so. Yeah, so I know that was a big controversy in, like, how it wasn't really one shot because, obviously, the screen goes black, and then you wake up to him. And, like, I know you suggested, which I think you heard from somebody, which would be a really good idea is if they did, like, a time lapse. Yeah, if it just showed, like, the outside and the sped-up time, it could still stay that one-shot aspect. Like, literally, they could have done it in, like, what, three seconds? 
sped up time. Yeah, I mean, even like, yeah, 10 seconds or whatever to show this to progress, like the sun go down and stuff. And um, obviously, I don't think this movie is anything without the cinematographer in it, but um, Roger Deakins, I mean, that's what makes this movie special in my opinion. And like Seth was saying, I mean, the whole, the movie works best when they're in the trenches, like that close aspect where they're really close to each other, just walking in the trenches and following them as they snake in and out, in and out and all that stuff. That's when I think the one shot works the best. The whole second act, I think it doesn't work as well. And then I think the final act, once again, they when they get in the trenches and stuff, the third act, is once again where it kind of shines, you know? And that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a couple scenes you can tell where it's not one shot. I mean, if you're paying attention for it, which I think we did, yeah, kind of, I mean, because yeah. we knew it was supposed to be a one shot ratio or whatever. So we were trying to follow it and see where we could pick apart the scenes that weren't. Yeah, now, I, this director, ahead. Sam Mendes... I don't know if you guys know. He's he won known. the Academy Award '99 for American Beauty. Yeah, uh, he's done Skyfall, Spectre, The Double O's. I mean, he directed Road to Perdition, Jarhead. I mean, so like he's fairly known, but I mean, he really hasn't done that many movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he hasn't done a ton, but obviously, like I said, he won the Academy for American Beauty '99. So I think it's '99. If I'm wrong, I'm gonna. I think it might be actually 2000. It's 99. Is it? All right. I Good believe. Yeah, it was 99. Um, yeah, so, I mean, also this movie has, like, quite a bit of cameos in it. Um, I mean, it has, and has from the series Sherlock, it has Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, Moriarty character, Andrew Scott, correct? Yeah, yeah. And, like, I mean, that's, I wonder where that's supposed to take place, timeline. Like, did Sherlock Holmes live that long, you know? Like, we could we could start a <laughs> sequel going off of it. Yeah, it also has, like, Colin Firth and stuff in this movie. And it just has, like, a ton of cameos in it for some reason. I mean, it's not bad, but I've heard it takes people out of the movie somewhat. And uh, I'm sympathetic towards that argument and having these big-time people in it. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Uh, wasn't, like, my favorite movie of the year for sure. But, I mean, it was good. It was a good, solid movie. In it my was opinion. enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, it's done well technically and all this stuff, so, like, you can't complain from that aspect. I just, I heard a lot of people hype this movie up and say it's, like, the next Saving Private Ryan or stuff, and uh, no, I just don't feel like no. the characters are deep enough for that level. I mean, once again, Roger Deakins, I think, makes this movie and, for what it is. But. I mean, like, so you're into this movie, like, you, you feel like you're with it just because it's a one-shot movie. But it's not as, like, I want to say touching. I don't think touching's the word, but, like, Saving Private Ryan, like, hits you in a different spot. Well, I mean, like, that opening scene. That opening scene is just, like, I mean, one of the best shots in film. I mean, that opening, rushing the beach of Normandy. So, I mean, you can't beat that. But I feel like the characters actually have, like, depth, and they draw out the characters. I get this movie is not that kind. It's more, this movie is more for the gimmick of the one shot. Yeah. So it sacrifices yeah. other aspects of the movie for that. But I mean, I, I I enjoyed it. I mean, the only thing I can actually say from this movie though is that this definitely makes sure that rats are the worst animals <laughs> and are evil yeah. and they all deserve to die. Let me just say that. If you don't walk out of the movie knowing that, then this movie has failed you. I mean, I don't yeah, I also though I mean, the trenches at first like I definitely didn't think it did it justice, but once you got to the front line, like, I still don't yeah. think it did it complete justice from what I know from history, but the front line looked pretty scummy, like, Yeah, that, I would also bad. say that they did pretty well in the pr- 
production design of this movie because because it's one shot it's so close and intimate to the characters right so each shot has to portray like the depth of the war and what the craziness of it so they do a real good job of like the bodies are bloated and stuff like that and showing the bodies each shot basically each like little camera shot it has to portray what's going on in this very intimate detail. So I think they did a good job at placing the bodies and making sure they looked historically somewhat accurate and stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it was it was well done. I mean, also how big that set had to be for that first shot. Yeah, exactly. I agree. The trenches in that first shot, you know, that's actually, I think, very impressive. I mean, you can definitely tell it cuts once they go into the bunker and stuff. But, I mean, yeah, that first shot, I think, is pretty phenomenal i mean this is like i said what'd you give it seth well caleb you know i gave it an 8 out of 10 i thought it was i thought it was good it wasn't my favorite war movie i mean i actually almost gave it a 7 but i did kind of enjoy it so yeah me 8 out of 10 also like i this is uh won't well i will see this year might actually make the top 10 if this year's gonna turn out the way it's gonna turn out. yeah but then again like uh color out of space which you'll see we thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was. That's true. That's true. But that te- I mean, from a technical perspective, we haven't seen any 2020 movies besides uh, Bad Boys for Life yet. I mean, from technically. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so let's go on. What do we got next on the agenda? So then we went to go see uh, Guy Ritchie's new film, The Gentleman. Obviously, um, if you know Guy Ritchie, he's very distinct in his movies. Like, you're watching a Guy Ritchie movie, you know it's a Guy Ritchie movie. I mean, his movies are very british usually that's that's what he likes to stick to is like kind of like british crime dramas yeah that's way. his go-to um yeah so this this one is basically an expatriate matthew mcconaughey is uh go moves to england and becomes like becomes like uh just a weed dealer one of the yeah. biggest in the world i mean because he's very smart and instead of using his knowledge for school he's found his nick that he's really good at selling the weed. Yeah, and he basically builds an empire, but he wants out of the game, so he's trying to sell it. And that's basically the plot of the movie. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, what is it? He starts off with a quote, when you're the lion, you can't just act like the lion, you got to be the lion, which is basically what the whole movie's about. Yeah, and uh, so he's trying to sell it, and he runs into all this trouble, but it's also told from kind of a weird perspective because what happens is it's, even though Matthew McConaughey is what this movie focuses on, it, he's not really the main character. In this movie, it's more Char- Charlie Hunan is played Ray, and then obviously you got Colin, not Colin, Colin Farrell's in it, but that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is basically a journalist, probably like the best in England, and he's basically describing this to Charlie Hunan. And he's telling him basically how everything went down. He's trying to get guess because he's seen some of it, but he's just, so that's how the story is told from. Hugh Grant yeah. is sitting basically in the house with Charlie Hunnam, and he's just yeah it, laying down the story. It kind of does he kind of like narrates the whole storyline, and that's how the movie is told. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, I haven't seen very many movies done like that, so that was cool. I mean, and also it had the classic, you know, flashback like. The very first scene is actually a scene that happens later on in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the thing with Guy Ritchie is he's not loved by critics, actually, which is kind of funny. I mean, he's made some stinkers. There's no uh, no doubt about that with Aladdin, especially recently. But, uh, no, he just, 
I don't know. His, his movies are very distinct, and I think they're really entertaining. I mean, I don't think they're great yeah. by any means. I don't think they're groundbreaking. Like, this story of the gentleman, there's nothing really groundbreaking in it, but it's kind of like a puzzle. It kind of reminds me of Sherlock. Uh, yeah. Sherlock Holmes, the ones with Robert Downey Jr., which he also made. Well, It reminds me of that. I know Um, I haven't seen Snatch. Is, is Snatch like this? Uh, Yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, I feel like it's more closer to his other movie, Lock, Stock, and Two Barrels, right? But, um... I, I haven't seen it, but that's how I feel it could be closer to. But, yeah, it's like, if, in my opinion, it's like if Snatch met Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I mean, I know his other movies, uh, King Arthur, which is played by uh, the main character and the gentleman, and the man from Uncle. They're not the greatest movie, but the action's done pretty cool. And, I mean, they're kind of wild movies. They kind of keep your... It's kind of like a... All right, this is going to sound bad. It's kind of like a Michael Bay movie in the sense of, like, it might not be the best movie, but it's always going to kind of keep you intrigued. Yeah, it has some really good scenes. It's kind of almost yeah. like a Zack Snyder. So, but I, I don't want to put it on Michael Bay because Michael Bay is no, a I think bad example Michael because Bay, Michael Bay is literally just explosions. Yeah, and in, in this movie, Colin Farrell plays, like, this boxing coach, and I, to me, he's the funniest and best part of this movie. Oh, yeah, he has the perfect British accent. And I'm actually wondering if this movie will do as well in the UK because I think this movie's funny to us because the movie is just riddled with British slang and swear words yeah. like that they say and like it's funny to us hearing them say it but like to them it would just be like a normal movie I don't know that's my problem I don't know but I think like to me that was like the funniest part of it and, and Colin Farrell's character is just I think really really funny in this I mean I think Hugh Grant Colin Farrell Matthew McConaughey Charles, Charlie Hunnam I mean I think this is really they're really playing like at top level here. I really enjoy them in all this. It's just, I don't know. There's just something about this movie where it's super entertaining, but it's not like a super great movie. I don't know. What, I mean, and I definitely think it's for the young art audience because like, so for instance, there's a scene in it where they beat the crap out of certain dudes and they make it into a music video, right? Yeah. So that is definitely for the young audience because that music video in and of itself is, I, I mean, it might not be, but I feel like it's knocking on like, all of our YouTubers making these dumb music yeah, yeah, videos yeah, yeah. like PewDiePie, um, Logan and Jake Paul, like people like that who make these videos that blow up, but they're not that good. Yeah. Oh, I also think it's like a little bit. Yeah. He's like hitting on the culture a little bit that like, so they'll film like these terrible things that they see and like make it and put them up on YouTube. Like for example, Logan Paul, when he put up the guy who committed suicide hung himself in the suicide forest yeah i mean like that's what it's i think a play on like that kids don't really care about their actions like as long as they make a viral video they're down to make it yeah and, and they're it, like having fun doing it like being the crap out of these exactly because you make a cool viral video and it, it's honestly really funny like i i have a buddy that i know that didn't like that like he thought that was the cheesiest part but i don't think he was putting two and two together about it yeah exactly i don't i, don't I think, think he, he was, was just really hating i think he was hating on it like he does with all the actual videos, you know? So, also, uh, the girl in this, um, Matthew McConaughey's wife. Yeah, Michelle Dockery. Michelle Dockery. I could not think of what she was in the whole time. You know what she's in? She's what? in Downton Abbey. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could yeah, not, yeah, like, yeah, she, yeah. she had that familiar face. And the only reason we know that is because our sisters watch it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, so, anyways. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, it's, um... Like I said, this is a super entertaining movie. I think the beginning takes a second to uh, get going because it kind of has to explain all the background of Matthew McConaughey's character. But um, 
I think it's a really fun movie. I mean, it's I'll probably forget about it to tell you the truth because this wasn't that mar- like it wasn't anything that I haven't seen before. Even though it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a very fun movie. I mean, I put it at seven out of ten. Seth, what'd you give it? I, I give it actually a seven out of ten too. Yeah, I, it's I, just it's one of those movies where I think you have a lot of fun at it, but there's nothing really that grips you by any means that's gonna make you like remember this movie by any means. So no, I definitely like this was a better movie than I thought. Like originally when I saw the trailer for it at the theaters and then yeah. I looked it up, I did not think it was gonna be like. I thought it was gonna be like another Bad Boys or something like that. Yeah, you know, like. I, I think I like the Sherlock Holmes movies better than, like, most people do. So, um, I had I had decent faith that uh, Guy Ritchie. But, like I said, all of his movies, Metacritics, I mean, they all hit around 50. I mean, they don't really... I mean, they're usually, like, 40 to 60 is usually the range his movies go. So, I mean, which is kind of, I understand it, but I don't understand it. I feel like he gets more hate than he should, but, hey. All right, well, let's... uh. Since we gave both movies the same as X score, I wonder if we gave Color Out of Space the same as X score. Let's move on to Color Out of Space. Now going into this, um, I don't want to say we're fans of Nicolas Cage, but we're definitely like we oh, like him fans. because he's crazy. Oh yeah, his and, movies are just super entertaining to me. And everything we heard, I mean, Caleb heard a lot more than me about like this is like a worse Mandy, and Caleb loves Mandy. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was okay. But it's basically Mandy's just Nicolas Cage going wild, like Super Saiyan With like mode. a six-foot chainsaw battle. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even know they had that big of chainsaws, honestly. Yeah, I literally have not heard anything great about Color Out of Space, so I was actually kind of nervous to go see this movie. I mean, it comes in an hour, 51 minutes. It's basically Nicolas Cage and his family move back to his farm in like the secluded New Jersey forest, I think. And basically, they raise a pack of alpacas, and basically a meteorite hits, everything just starts going crazy, they start going insane. I mean, this movie is like, like they said, a lot of people compare it to Mandy, because A, it has Nicolas Cage, B, he goes crazy, and C, it has a lot of different colors, especially the color of purple and stuff like that, so. Yeah, and this director, Richard Stanley, he, uh... Hasn't directed a movie in... Over 20 years, yeah. So yeah. this is his first time back. No, no. Is it 20? Yeah, it's 20 years. He's like 96. Yeah. But he's wrote um, a couple B movies in the meantime, or shorts, I guess you could say. I mean, a lot of them are shorts, but he wrote a lot of them. So it wasn't like he was like completely out of the gig. Maybe he was just holding it all up for this movie so he could just make another wild... Um, yeah, yeah, this this movie has a smaller budget, too, of $6 million, and um, I'm kind of impressed with that, because, I mean, even though some of the special effects were kind of cheesy, because obviously they just didn't have the money to make them, overall the movie looked really well. I thought it was really well shot, and, um, I mean, this was... Good characters. This was, for me, people. top 10 theater experience, in my opinion. I'd agree. Because, Are I you mean... saying because everyone in there was there? Yeah, because everyone was Nicholas there, for the same reason we were. I mean, they were, this movie is kind of a black comedy. I mean, a lot of aspects, there are things that are, like, the whole premise is he, like, loves these 10 alpacas, and they're the animals of the future. I mean, <laughs> that alone is, like, you can tell it has, like, satire. And then Nicolas Cage, when things start going crazy, he just, like, turns into this weirdo guy, and he just starts saying lines. <laughs> and, like, well, he's, he's supposed just to be so funny. I just love it so much. And the thing was, is everyone in the theater was 
all there for it. Like they were all laughing along with us. Like everyone was just dying. And it was so great because like, it's just a great theater experience in my opinion. Like everyone was there for the same reason. Like we're all there to make fun and laugh at Nicolas Cage. And like, you didn't feel bad doing it either because like the movie warranted it. Like the movie knew like that's the direction it was going to go. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was the whole reason Nicolas Cage was, uh, picked to act, but I'm not going to lie. When we walked in and we started the movie, there's like a porch scene. The first scene you see Nicolas Cage out there I was sitting there, and I literally turned to Kayla, and I'm like, this is such bad acting. But the thing was, it wasn't. It was such great acting, because that was the character he was playing. Yeah, it was this was, weirdo father. Yeah, and you were just like, oh, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is the, good the, acting. This movie, had, I think it was nicely shot, had nice visuals, and I think a lot of the special effects were pretty good for the most part. Yeah. And uh, like I said, it's just a hilarious movie. I mean. Yeah, I, I agree. There was actually some really cool shots, I'd say. Like a couple that were like perfectly squared off. Yeah. Of the kid sitting at the porch or a side shot of him or a shot of the, uh, where they get the water from, the well. Yeah. um, Stuff like that. The colors, honestly, they're trying to go for something like a color, obviously, that you haven't seen. Uh, it was purple to me. <laughs> Basically, the whole movie was purple. But yeah. I did think it was really cool is when the Colorado space obviously hit the ground at first. They all had different reactions. Like, the dad Nicolas Cage smelled like dead bodies. Yeah. The other one, like, hurt his eyes. He was, like, zoned out on the computer. Yep. The son was just terrified. Well, no, he heard he heard the noises. Oh, like, yes, he yes, that's it. what it he was. He heard the people, like, talking to him heard it and the daughter i think the daughter overall was protected because they go through this kind of side plot how she like somewhat protects herself honestly though i feel like the daughter was the most messed up out of all of them oh yeah towards the end well because i think that was creepy yeah i'm not gonna spoil anything yet but uh yeah i mean this this movie is like definitely go check it out i think it's gonna be hard to check out because i don't think it's in a lot of theaters but this movie is just absolutely insane yeah i had a great time with it like i said i think i enjoyed it more than most but i mean this is crazy and i mean there's definitely problems with it don't get me wrong i mean some of the editing especially in the beginning was pretty bad the ending um yeah it was a tad too long i mean the movie comes in at hour 51 i think you honestly could have taken out easily probably like 10 to 15 minutes and yeah, they, they replaced they it with stretching out some scenes a little bit longer or something. I don't know. Because yeah. there was this part the very, very end. And it probably goes on, I don't know, for three minutes or something. It's just kind of like a monologue. And I'm just like, at that point, I'm kind of, I'm just ready to kind of go. I'm like, Well, okay. the only reason it was there was because of the beginning. Because in yeah. the beginning, yeah. he's narrating. So at the end, he's narrating. Yeah, you but know? I'll get into it in a minute. But I don't. Um, I didn't like it. Like no, I no. I, I definitely like, thought it, both of them could have been taken out. Yeah, like, neither of them needed to be in there, and I think that would have been like what ten minutes, probably total. Yeah, yeah, ten minutes. I mean, okay. Spoiler from now on. I don't think we're gonna get into too much spoilers, but just in case I say something, I don't want it to be ruined. This movie is based off of a short story, and uh, the short story is kind of supposed to represent that, like kind of like Annihilation did. You know, yeah. that we're just like a small person in this big universe, right? And that's what it's supposed to represent, like, um, 
basically this little thing comes from space and it shows us like how powerful and everything it is and yet we get so caught up in our lives and yet we're so minuscule but i thought that's a dumb approach to this movie i agree because like i don't think i think annihilation did it better i think a lot of other movies do that a lot better than this and uh in this movie i that's how the beginning kind of starts off in the end that's like the monologues that are given and that's why I think this movie falters a little bit for me is because that's what it's trying to hit on. It's trying to hit on that point a little bit more. But I think it's a dumb point because I think there's other things in this movie that I think they hit on more. Like, I feel like they hit on... I'm gonna, this, this is a little hot take. This is a little hot take. I was, I was thinking about this. Okay. You can hit us with it. <laughs> so, like, the whole movie has to do with, like, cutting things out of our lives or destroying things that are bad for us. Yeah. Like, for example, the wife has cancer, right? And she has to get it removed. She cuts off her fingers. Yeah. Uh, There's just a lot of this movie that has to do with, like, cutting the toxic things off our lives. And, like, um, for example, the mom starts absorbing the sun in the end. And it's, like, the toxic thing. And then, like, at the end, Nicolas Cage shoots his wife and his son and (laughs) says... They're not my family anymore. Like, he's cutting these bad things out. It's like, that's the whole movie is, like, the color out of space comes, and at the end, it explodes. It makes everything white, and it just cuts these toxic things out. Yeah, you out notice that? Life. It was all black and white? Like That's what I'm saying. It was removed of color. Yeah, I legit didn't know if that was just, like, my eyes seeing things or... Yeah, no, that was the whole point because it's supposed to be, like, colorful this whole movie and it started going crazy. And that's what I thought. It was, like, black and white. Literally. Yeah. Also, the part where does it? <laughs> also, the part where he starts throwing away the tomatoes. I just want to hit on that part. It's hilarious. That was that was classic Nicolas Cage acting. Right but there. yeah, that's why that's why I choose a takeaway from this movie. This movie's all about just cutting the toxic things out of your life and finding those bad things and just removing them before they engulf you and destroy you. That's my hot take for the movie. That's, also, that's what I though, got from um, like, I mean, since we're a little bit into spoilers, like. It was cool, all, like, it was obviously affecting organic organisms, yeah. right? As we saw yeah, yeah, yeah. with certain things. Like, mutated things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go into that too much. But when the trees come alive, I was like, like... I mean, if it mutated, I, mean, I get mutated it. everything, so, I mean... I get it, but, I mean, like, they were... That was, like... I felt like that was when they crossed a line that they shouldn't have crossed. Like, they know, went I, too far. At that point... I, see, at that point... From that point on, I was like, this movie is starting to drag a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, it definitely. I was just ready for it done without because I it was so, in my opinion, it was like so good up to that point, and then it was just kind of like, okay, I, I'm satisfied. I got my ending that I want. Like I don't, I don't need anything else. Like I get it. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, need, well, I don't need another ten minute dialogue. I don't need ten more minutes of this watching this kind of everything go crazy. Like, okay, so that's what I'm saying. Like if they would have just had like the sheriff leave. And the kid obviously stayed because he's trying to yeah. protect the girl. And then it ends the same. But then they don't do the last scene. I think that would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I think there's... If you change this movie up, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. I think if you add about 5 minutes, take away about 15 minutes, I think you got a 10 I out of 10 for me. Like I said, this is not a perfect movie by any means. But just my enjoyment level of this movie is off the charts. It was so enjoyable. Like... So. This will be my next per- new movie purchase. Oh yeah, yeah, you're not wrong there. <laughs> uh, I I do have to say though, even though it is a black comedy for a lot of it, 
there are some pretty like horrifying elements. Like there's a yes. couple of scenes. I mean, there's yep. there, I think there's like two bad jump scares. I think in this movie that yeah. are like pointless. But besides that, there was like even though this movie like it kind of you know how us tried to be funny and then also like a dark horror and it didn't work for, at least for me on that level. Yeah, this movie so actually I think accomplishes it pretty well because I think the the kind of scary parts are pretty scary. But okay, I do have a one question about the one scene with um, the one scene where we first kind of see. Okay, so the what was he the hydrologist or what was he? The 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 kid. I don't the know. water. He, something to do yeah, with water. Yeah, he did something with the water. I don't remember what it was, but he was like camped out and he like puts on his glasses or what or the night vision and he like can see the thing moving. Like it looks like a person. Yeah. Like, I don't get that scene. I think that's supposed to signify, like, everyone's scared in certain different ways. So, like, you know how the one dude smelled, uh, Nicholas Cage smelled it yeah. and all that? He was just seeing it. Yeah, but, okay. I mean, but, like, it made this... Also, I didn't think he was that close to the house. Like, I knew he was close, but I didn't think he was, like... I mean, it destroyed everything within pretty much, like, a, a mile radius, I guess. I don't know. It just to me that scene didn't make sense because I thought it was going to be when they first showed it. I thought it was going to be some cor- side, some sort of like invisible man or something that's like destroying them, but like they don't really hit on it or anything ever again. So I was just, I don't know. I didn't know if you had like you knew what was going on in that scene. I, I think it was just like I think you're right it to makes sense emphasize the way you that he was it. seeing it in a different way, and that that was a really weird scene. I I do. Agree. I mean, it was kind of scary, but like I f- because that's kind of like the first. Like, that's the first thing we get from the Colorado space. Like, that's the first actual, like, physical presence we get from it. Which I actually didn't mind. Like, so, like, I guess, like, you know, like, in a lot of scary movies when they show the thing, it ruins it. I don't think that was really showing the thing. No, no, but that's my whole point. My whole point was, like, for that being first, I expected it that to be, like, a presence we see in the house or something like that. Like they, they build it up and then we'd never see that creature or anything again. Yeah. And I think it's also, I mean the whole like color space, it's supposed to signify affects everyone differently. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, look, no, no, like, like, yeah, I get it. Like the horror element, like it, it hits on a different which, sense or something. And I'm glad it wasn't a pop out horror movie. I'm glad it was more. Oh of a, yeah, 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 for sure. Like, like, like I'm saying, like this whole movie's not a total horror movie. I think, like, like I said, it's like a black comedy horror. Yeah, but um, I enjoyed it a lot too. Like when I walked out of the theater, yeah, I, I said don't, this I don't, is my favorite 2020 movie. But yeah, all these movies are down as 2019, which I looked at, gentlemen. The only reason IMDb puts it as they have a UK 2019 release in 2019. UK, it was released in the UK. Yeah, I mean, we go off a of wide release whenever it was wide released, or at least a bigger limited release, and that's what we go. Well, we off generally of. do the United States because yeah, the wide release in the United States. So that's one. That's I mean, why all so these movies. That's why Bad Boys, 1917, The Gentleman, Colorado Space are, are all going under the 2020. So. I think these are. Yeah, I think these are all 2020 movies. I, I, I'm putting them under 2020s. I mean, I'm just I'm saying, looking. like, I think they're all eligible for this Oscar season. I think. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, I know they were all, all of them were wide released or at least minimal released in different countries in 2019. Yeah, well, were, I guess the color of space was at TIFF and stuff They like were that. all released in the United States in 2020. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I had a great time. I gave this a 9 out of 10. 
Yeah, I did too, actually. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it that much. I'm hoping my next watch, like when I actually buy it, is good. I don't think it'll necessarily be as good. I just don't think you can replicate that theater experience I had. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I still think I'll enjoy this movie a lot. And, I'm uh, going to play off what Caleb said a little bit. So, I know Caleb feels the same exact way, but honestly, in theater experience is generally speaking, like as long as there's not somebody that's obnoxious or a ton of people that are moving around, in theater experience is honestly awesome. Like, I would love to see that movie in, like, the IMAX. Oh, yeah, that movie would like, be awesome. Like, with all the colors happening and everything yeah. happening, it would be wonderful. And I I can't emphasize it enough. If you can go see good movies like this in the IMAX or the Epic or whatever they call it, I would suggest going seeing it. Like, it's worth the money. Or go see it at the matinee where it's only, what, like six bucks? Yeah, it's six to five, sometimes five dollars. Yeah, or days. just, you know, be Quentin Tarantino and buy your own movie theater. Yeah, that works. Um... Yeah, so uh, that kind of wraps it up for episode uh, 25. I mean, uh, we're going to talk about next week. Honestly, we all know January is for sure the worst month for movies. This, yep. It's whatever yep. studios just dump their worst content. And this next week definitely has oh, crap sure. content. We were going to maybe go see Hansel and Gretel, but last minute I called an audible and we decided... Unless like there's you know, no reason, unless I hear really good yep, things about it, or that I hear days. it's like really, really atrociously bad, and I mean, I want to go see it. It's a scary movie that's rated PG-13. Exactly. So I kind of know what I'm gonna get into here. <laughs> Pretty cheap scares and just not a good movie at all. So instead, we're gonna recommend each a movie, and then we're gonna come back next week and uh, explain what we liked about them. I guess. Yeah. Uh, you want to start? Yeah, so I'll start. Uh, I have uh, another masterpiece we got going on here. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm the only one who actually watches film, you know, here. So, uh, 2006, Dude. Zoom, <laughs> with uh, Tim Allen. Zoom. This movie's on Netflix. I this it looks phenomenal. I'm not gonna predict my rating right now, but I'm feeling a 10 out of 10. It's a superhero movie, basically, where. Uh, Former superhero Jack is called back to work to transform an unlikely group of ragtag kids into superheroes at a private academy. So is it a ripoff of Sky High? Maybe. No. But it looks This phenomenal. is what it is. Right, so I've already seen it. I just saw it recently just because I thought it was so I thought you bad. didn't watch the whole thing. I thought you just watched part of it. I did, but then I finished it later on. Oh, you never told me that. So, well, still watching this. This Zoom. is what I'm going to say. It's like Fantastic Four. You know, everyone knows... We try not to talk about it. Worst franchise ever Agreed. that's ever taken place. But no, this is like a cheesy Fantastic Four where it's like even worse actors. <laughs> worse actors? Even worse abilities. You tell me Tim Allen. Even worse abilities. Chevy Chase. Like, there's one fight scene. Spencer Breslin from The Can the Hat. There's one <laughs> fight scene and it's at the end and you're just like, I don't even know how to react to this. I like, think I think from now on I'm just going to recommend movies with actors from Cat in the Hat. So we got Spencer Breslin in this, so that's good. As Mega Boy. The only so. reason this movie ever came out is because it was through a gigantic company like Disney. I don't know if it is it a Disney movie. Yes. I didn't know if it it's was Disney, Disney TV. One of my friends informed me. He of said that. it was Disney, but I'm not sure about that. I'm, I'm, I, I believe I think it was Disney TV. Sky High is a Disney movie, and that came out a year before. So I don't think this is a Disney movie, but I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I don't think it is though. All right, uh, so Revolution Studios. Yeah. What, what's Columbia your what's Pictures? Your, um, it's not a Disney movie. 
What? What's your uh, recommendation? Yeah, so uh, I decided to go with the one that we heard through the Vine. Yeah, Grapevine, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's called Shadows. No, I don't want to get this wrong. It's a Chinese movie. Yeah, and it's also on Netflix. Yeah, it's actually pretty wild from what I've seen. It came out 2018. It's only an hour and 56 minutes. It's literally just action upon action. Yeah, it's your uh, classic kung fu movie, no? It's like John Wick (laughs) in China. But uh, they have, like, umbrellas. That, yeah, their like, umbrellas have like razors, and that's like their main weapon, yeah. tribe or something. So this is this is their weapon of choice, and honestly, it looks great. I mean, it has a meta score of eighty-one, which I'm excited about. A user rating of seven, yeah. Which is, I mean, generally that means it's going to be pretty good. I mean, yeah, it's going to have mean, subtitles, but I can't believe they talk that much in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not better than Zoom, but we'll give it a shot. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to destroy Zoom. How uh, we'll see. So we'll see. Yeah. On that note, um. Also, I'd like to recommend a watch that we both saw. We haven't finished it yet. Um, the TV show Chernobyl on HBO. Yeah, we're on the final episode of it, and I know this movie, this TV limited series, was super hyped up back in the summer when it came out. And uh, just reminding everyone, that it's, it's a really good series. Yeah, I mean it's a good history lesson, especially if you don't know much about it. They kind of explain it, go through it, and. Uh, Hey, why don't you tell me what you were telling me about uh, one like series, like series that only are one season long? Oh, limited series. I yeah. think I think limited series are um, kind of the peak of our visual entertainment right now. Yeah. Because I um like you got series obviously. Yep. That I don't think are as good because all they're meant to do is just to get you to watch the next episode, and so they're not necessarily like a complete story. They're very have a lot of fillers and everything, and movies are obviously we both love movies and i think movies are great but i think sometimes movies don't get enough they're not given enough time or the right format to really flush everything out i think a great limited series can do that like chernobyl for example is only five episodes and they're an hour each and through that you're able to really flush out the story i mean this chernobyl is like a crazy crazy thing and trying to compact that into two hours i mean i'm not saying it's not doable but you're going to miss out on a lot of the effects and everything that happened and all the background and all the stuff yeah. to it. They so that's why I think limited series, I just think, are kind of the best form of media we have right now, if, especially if they're done well. That's what I want to say. I don't want to say any limited series, but if they're done well, I think they can really be better than a movie or a TV show for sure. Yeah, and this is done very well. I mean, this is done by probably the biggest TV company out well, there. Well, yeah, HBO, these poor, I mean, you got things like, True Detective, The Wire. I mean, I they mean, had they, these pump millions at Game of Thrones. They pump millions into their TV shows to make them movie quality esque, and I think for the most part they really do succeed. I mean, I really I mean, do. That's honestly the only reason they're still doing good, and I mean they're very enjoyable. I mean they're like their mini own streaming service basically. Oh yeah, I and, mean HBO puts out good content. I think everyone's known that forever, but just reminding everyone. Yeah, so I'd like to say yeah, if you like history. I definitely suggest going to see this. Like we said, it's only five episodes. I mean, the episodes are about an hour. Yeah, long. So I'm also a really digging longer. the score to them, which I think are really great in the Chernobyl series. The score to the series is really enjoyable. Yeah, and opinion. they do have some actors that I've seen in movies before. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For it's sure. not like they the have thief mother unit. Yeah. a terrible cast going out, and it it's good. It's all in English too, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's. I think a British company actually like produced it, but. Yeah, it's good. Um, so I'd suggest go watch that. And then, obviously, 
as a last note, if you have any questions, especially like any concerning anything like life, you know, you know, it could be about movies, but we, we don't care. Just tell us anything or give us movie suggestions. So when we have weeks like this, if we get a lot of the same movie suggestions, we'll review that movie. That's true. Uh, and then you can contact us either through our email, Royal Cheese Podcast at gmail.com or through our Instagram, Royal Cheese. Give us a follow and we'll follow you back. Yeah, we'll think about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Peace out. Bye.